So with pot legal in just a couple of months, there's a bit of a war brewing between those who rent and those who live in a condo. In Ontario, of course, you're only going to be allowed to smoke indoors. And I guess the government's decided that's the safest way to ingest it. You know, hot box your whole family. You know, and if you don't know what that is, that means you smoke pot indoors and everyone else gets a secondhand smoke, including the dog and the cat, and everyone gets stoned. But that's what the government wants. That's how they're going to keep you safe. So if you live in an apartment or you own a condo, this is going to pose a big problem because you can't go to a smoking lounge. They don't exist. And if you're not allowed to smoke outside on the sidewalk, where are you supposed to go? You look at a city like Toronto, tens of thousands will be in this position. Where do they go? And if you live in one of these buildings, a secondhand smoke, it's not something you can hide. Pot stinks. You want to live with that in and out? Well, in London, Ontario, landlords and property management are now already starting to change the rules and the conditions on leases. But can they? I mean, if you already have an agreement in place, you've been renting for a long time, let's say, what happens when the rules suddenly change? Well, I'll tell you, it turns into a court battle. And that's going to be on both sides. So anyone who rents or owns a condo, they're not going to accept those changes. And those, you know, who are renting, the owners of those buildings, they want to protect their investment. Not to mention those who are caught in the middle, who are getting stoned off with secondhand smoke. So you can imagine what the next few months are going to be like as pot rolls out. Let's bring in uh, Eric Shepard to this conversation. He is a cannabis advocate in the London area. Uh, He joins me now. Eric, if you will, paint a picture as to what you're starting to see in your neck of the woods as far as, you know, um, renters, those who live in condos. I mean, what does it look like? Well, of course, the the climate's changing. We're looking at a new regime, a new world for uh, for cannabis under legalization. Uh, and so, of course, there's preparations being made. And already in London, there's been a couple of um, major renters, uh, major landlords uh, change their policy and explicitly state that uh, both cultivation and use of cannabis are, are not going to be allowed on their properties and facing ev- eviction if you do. Right. And that poses a bit of a problem because most of these people or a lot of people, whether it's London, Hamilton, Toronto, you get into a rental under one blanket set of rules. Mm-hmm. And then because legislation changes um, and you're only allowed to, let's say, in the in the you know situation with pot, you're only allowed to smoke mm-hmm. it indoors. Right. So by right. fault of their of, of no fault of their own, people are going to find themselves in a real um, predicament here. Yeah, exactly. And and there's really been no provision for the sensible use of cannabis under this new regime. Uh, we indeed have a situation where there's no vapor lounges uh, legally allowed. There's no uh, place in public. There's no place in, uh, say, public parks, for example, where you can be using it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, renters are, are stuck in a position where they will have, it will be as if it's effectively illegal anyway, whereas instead of being thrown in uh, prison for, for using or possessing, they're just going to be evicted from their apartments, which is, you know, not quite as bad, but it's still pretty bad. But I think there's a way to fight back. I have to think that people are not just going to move out en masse because the landlord all of a sudden changed the rules, certainly in a province like Ontario, where there are very, very strict um, rental rules and often that go to the renter. Um, do you hear any talk of any kind of challenge? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, there's always going to be people who will be doing so in secret. And there's lots of ways of, of doing this, whether it be vaporizers or whether it be edibles or any other sort of methods. But 
certainly legal challenges would be popping up. And it'll only take just one or two possible examples of, of people facing um, facing consequences for, for doing so uh, in order for a constitutional challenge even to be to mm-hmm. be mounted. And certainly that's going to go in, in the way that I would expect it to go, a uh, more sensible direction, hopefully. Right. But that can take years. Yeah. And, and yeah. I don't suspect that yeah. this is the only area that they're going to get challenges. I see challenges Absolutely. kind of coming up in, in almost every area of this because it's a new piece of legislation, new mm-hmm. law. And it's not that easy as just rolling it out. They've had to make it much more complicated under the mm-hmm. guise that they're protecting the children. So they've almost done exactly. themselves a very big disservice. <laughs> yeah. I, I tend to take a very libertarian stance when it comes to, to drug use and drug prohibition, wherein it's, it's people's own right to do what they want to do with their body and their minds. Uh, obviously, we do want to have provisions in place where it's not going to fall into the hands of vulnerable people, children, etc. But these sorts of regulations are not doing that. They're not accomplishing what they're set out to do. All it's going to do is make things more inconvenient and uncomfortable for people who are doing so. Um, you know, they ought to be able to do what they're trying to do. Uh, so I, I expect that these regulations, as they've been handed down, are not going to last for very long. Uh, the constitutional challenges are already about ready. Uh, the impaired driving uh, thing, uh, for example, is going to be a major challenge uh, yeah. because there there's no test that actually works for acute impairment for um, for cannabis. Well, so. yeah, and and that's why you know enter Bill C forty six, which is mm-hmm. uh, problematic in itself, and for any yeah. liberal ta- libertarian out there. Um, you know, now police will be given extra powers so that they can pull over anyone anytime and, and test them. But I yeah. still don't know how they're going to test them given pot can stay in your system for up to 30 days. Exactly. So who's to say, I, you know, you or whoever yeah. else smoked three, four days ago and it's still in your system? Exactly. Yeah. Like with the saliva test, we're, we're looking at people who, A, use it for medical uses. They're going to be caught. Uh, and then B, people who are either not impaired at all because they're they're under the limit of what would impair them or they haven't used it in you know several days, several weeks. Mm-hmm. So there's there's gonna be a lot of people who will face prosecution for uh for something that's completely illegal in other respects. Uh we, we have a lot of ground to make up and and especially as well with the cultivation aspect. Uh, I'm quite worried about that because there's uh, obviously there there is something to be said for for constraining that, controlling that, so that we don't end up with property damage and uh, people being hurt by black mold and things like that. But there's an element of let's be reasonable, folks. <laughs> there's there's a big difference between having one to four plants in your house and having a grow up, which is going to potentially cause damage. Right. Um, there's a lot more sensible ways of approaching this rather than a blanket ban, which right. is the only thing that's been proposed so far. But then that would open it up to lounges and or mm-hmm. um, um, you can, you know, have an op, a, a grow up that rents itself out to people mm-hmm. like a community, whatever. I mean, yeah. the fact that they won't allow those things at, creates a whole other barrier of problems. It's that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's nowhere to go and smoke and there's nowhere else mm-hmm. to go and grow because they won't right. allow for that. So under right. a Doug Ford administration, are are you now seeing, OK, there might be a possibility to get a, a more privatization in? Perhaps, perhaps. And it really depends on which segment of the conservative um, uh, of the conservative regime gets to Doug Ford and his policymakers first, whether it be the fiscal conservatives who will indeed allow for privatization, which might be a more sensible option for distribution, or the social conservatives who mm-hmm. will probably add more regulations to make it more and more impossible. I get the sense right now that this is a matter of um, the federal liberals 
putting out this legislation in a way to appear progressive and, and to appear as if they're doing the right thing, but also not allowing enough freedom for people to do exactly what they want to do. Right. I also see this as only the beginning. Like we're we're living in a new age where where drug prohibition obviously no longer makes sense. Uh, it never did make sense, but now it's obvious just how bad the war on drugs has been for everyone involved. So I don't see this as the, the last step in legalization. We're going to be seeing more and more um, uh, liberalized policies towards uh, drug use and drug prohibition uh, in the future. Well, we will see about that, but depending, I guess, on who gets into government. But on the flip side, you know, I get that, you know, if you're in a high rise or in a, a building or if I'm on a patio or someone's out in the patio and the person mm-hmm. next to you um, mm-hmm. is smoking up or whatever, the secondhand smoke does have an yeah. effect on you. So I do, oh, I do get that that's problematic for those who don't want anything to do with it. So I'm just mm-hmm. not sure how they thought they could accommodate this. Right. And this is a matter of legislating something that, that doesn't necessarily need legislating because um, there's there's a saying in the legal profession mm-hmm. that bad cases make bad laws. Right. <laughs> we yeah. have this habit of legislating based on the worst case scenario, wherein you know you could very easily just go talk to your neighbor and say, "Hey, I don't want to smell your pot, man." <laughs> <laughs> The problem could easily be solved. There's all sorts of different ways, whether it be something that you blow the smoke into to cause the smell to go away or any number of different ways of of imbibing it. Yeah. Well, stay tuned. We're in for some interesting times. Eric, I appreciate you joining us. Thanks for your time. That is Eric Shepard joining us tonight. And stay tuned because I think we're going to hear a lot more of these stories in the coming weeks and months. I'm Alex Pearson, and this is On Point here on Global News Radio.